This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Okay, great. So like I was saying, so the Christian life is such a beautiful life um, because what Jesus did is a, is a life that is supposed to be continuously improving. It's supposed to be continuously glorious, not hit and misses. It's a beautiful life that we have as Christians. And that's what the Bible tells us. And every time that we gather together, every time we are here, we always try to remind ourselves about those things that God has done in Christ for us. Those provisions of the Father, those finished works of Jesus and the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons why it's such a beautiful life is because we are sons of God and vitally important to God. And therefore, because of who God is, I mean, he's the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful God, we have access to certain things. We have access, like, like you say, like cheat code, or we say shortcuts. We can actually do some things because we are vitally connected to God. And that's why it's such a beautiful life. And by the Spirit of God, we can quickly address things, even when we go wrong. And it will look like nothing has happened. We will continue on that glorious path without lasting damage done. That's the life that God has called us to live. A very beautiful life, a glorious life that is continuously improving. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus made a startling statement in John chapter 1. And that's where we're going to start from today. Just to show us how we can actually effect changes and we can quickly do things. John chapter 1. I'll read from verse 45 uh, into 51. Then Philip finds Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus said, Jesus saw Nathanael coming coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guy. Natalia said unto him, We have, whence knowest thou me? I mean, we have known me before. Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Natalia answered and said unto him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Then Jesus answered him. I mean, it's such one, such wonderful thing. I mean, just one word of knowledge. Jesus answered him and said to him, because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you now believe? You will see greater things than this. Hmm. And he said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. This is a bit strange. Look at what Jesus said. He said, you will see heaven open, and angels of God ascending, and descending upon the Son of Man. I thought it was the reverse. The feeling has always been that angels are with the Father in heaven, and their operations are on the earth. They should be from top to bottom. However, Jesus said it's not so. He said the operation of angels is from the bottom. 
then goes to the top and back to the bottom. You know, this is exactly the same thing Jacob saw. He says, angels ascending first, then descending. Genesis 28. Genesis 28. Remember I said at the beginning that we have such a wonderful life and that we can quickly effect changes. And God shows us how. Jesus shows us how. Genesis 28 from verse 12. He says, and Jacob dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. This was a vision that Jacob had. He said he saw a ladder that was set up on the earth. And the top of it reached the heaven. And behold, angels of God ascending and descending on it. See, the fact is that angels, their operation is from the earth. It touch is from this earth. It's from this earth. Angels must take something from the earth. Angels don't just function. God doesn't just function. The Bible says angels ascending and descending. They actually take something first. You see, God is not doing anything new. His work is complete. It's finished. Angels are ministering spirits, the Bible tells us. And the Bible says that they are sent forth to minister to us who are to be the sons, who are the heirs of salvation. But how exactly do they minister? Because I'm going somewhere. How exactly do they minister? I'm going to explain what Jesus said later. Psalm 103 and verse 20. It's a popular verse. It says, bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. So angels execute commands through the voice of his word. They listen and wait for command and then execute. See, that is how angels are wired. They must take something. They take his word. They take the voice of his word. And if they are to be here, if they are to be ministers to those who are the heirs of salvation, they must be doing the same thing. Their administration is voice activated. Their administration is voice activated. There is something they take. They take words. Angels take words. He says, angels are ascending and descending. He said, this is why our words are so important. What we are saying is so crucial for shaping the circumstances of our life. Remember that this is a faith meeting. And what we are trying to do here is we bring things here and we effect those changes by the power of God. But what we are seeing today that Jesus said, Nathaniel, you will see heavens open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. It says words are taken from the earth. They are assessed for their authenticity in heaven and executed upon this earth. Angels certainly take something. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Like I said, it's so important words. What we are saying is so important in changing the circumstances of our lives. In fact, James calls this, he says, he who offends nothing, what is a perfect man? James 3, 2. It says, for in many things we offend all. It says, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Is able to carry the whole body. 
He said, then he went on to explain how you put beads in the horse's mouth and direct them in the way that they should go. That that mouth, this mouth, a little wonder, and it can turn the whole ship. Hallelujah. He says, if a man offends not in word, he's a perfect man, able to keep the whole body in check, able to chart the course of his life in the best direction. He said, that is what Jesus told Nathaniel. He says, you believe me because you, I, to, I just told you that I saw you under the fig tree. I give you one word of knowledge. And you've gone to town and you say, yes, I'm the Lord. I'm the master. I, I'm the one that, 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 that is the savior to come. He says, you will see greater things. You will see greater things than that. You will see angels respond to the son of man with such accuracy. Because, of course, Nathaniel could not see angels. But Jesus said, you will see angels ascending and descending. He's talking about the accuracy with which angels will attend to him. The accuracy with which his words will have effect. He says, you will see greater things than this. You will see angels respond to the Son of Man with such accuracy. You will see his words come to pass. You will see his words heal. You will see his word cast out devils. You will see angels and descending upon him. You see, his life, that is the life of the Son of Man, will be a stream of the miraculous. It will work so accurately. His words will have effect. You will see God's glory is what Jesus was telling Nathaniel. Angels ascending and descending. You see, God's glory is no longer the prerogative of God wanting to do something. I know many of us wanted to be as if it's God that is doing stuff. That God begins to distribute things as he likes. But that's not what he said. He says angels ascending first. Not descending first. Ascending first. So the glory of God is no more the prerogative of God wanting to do something. But we activating the power and the glory of God. We activating the power of God is what the Bible teaches. All that God wants to do, he has done in Christ. And he has completed a perfect work as we know. And has given us the victories. You see, that's why angels are dispersed. To ensure that everything aligns as we speak. You see, this is the exact reason why the Holy Spirit was also given. I, we have said it many times. That the Holy Spirit is the captain of the host of heaven. He will do like they will do also. Because he's their leader. This is why the Holy Ghost is here. And this is what Jesus meant when he said that I will not leave you comfortless. And it is beneficial to you that I go. So that the Holy Ghost can come. You see, he's settled with us here that anyone who will put him to work will see the power of God. Anyone who will activate his power will see the glory and the splendor of God in their lives. This, this is what we are going to do today. We are going to speak words. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. Let's say the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Like we said, he's, he's, he's the captain of the host of heaven. We said angels ascend and descend. So the Holy Spirit too must, must function like that. You see, we will see his, his, his ministry in this light. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. From verse 6. It says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are mature? Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that is coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
But as it is written, eyes have not seen nor ears heard. Neither has he entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. See, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of the man that is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now verse 12. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. He says that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. That we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. He says this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. It will make us see our things. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 13 says, which things also we speak. Nothing words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spirituals with spiritual. So the Holy Ghost shows us realities. It shows our possibilities. It shows our inheritance. And more importantly, it gives us words. It gives us words to speak them into being. You see, just knowing the glory of God or just knowing about the power of God is not enough. We must speak these things into being. That is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Since this is how it must be. Like we said at the beginning, his voice activated. His voice activated. Ascending and descending. Hallelujah. Since this is what the Holy Ghost teaches. It gives us, it gives us vocabulary. The Bible calls it hidden wisdom. Revealed wisdom. And you see, when James was talking there and he said, if a man offends not in words, he's a perfect man. It's not just speech. Actually, the word used there is logos. It's not just speech. It's revealed words. It's revealed words. Revelation. Not just what you are speaking, but what is revealed. If a man offends not in revelation, if a man offends not in the things revealed, that man is a perfect man. He's able to breathe his whole body. He's able to direct the course of his life. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost gives us vocabulary that the power of God might be manifested. He said, this is how it must be. It is voice activated. Hallelujah. That's why the entrance of the Holy Ghost, first of all, was speaking with tongues. He activated our mouth. Our mouth became open. And the Bible shows that the first experiences was shown with speaking with tongues. The Holy Ghost just opens our faculties and he gives us ammunition with which we can bring the power of God to effect. Hallelujah. I said, angels and this, angels ascending, ascending with our words, ascending with our praise, ascending with our power, and descending with tangible results. Hallelujah. This is beauty. They are attending to us, waiting on our words and our commands. They are waiting on us. You see, for a lot of people, they think that God is the one trying to do stuff. That what will be, will be no. The Bible says angels are sending and descending. It says you will see heaven open. And angels are sending and descending upon the Son of Man. So if we must see effect in our life, if we must see change, this is how we'll do it. We will, do, we will use words. We will give them ammunition, hallelujah. We will speak things. We will have our desires met. 
Oh, we can have what we say. That's what the Bible says in Mark 11. We can have what we say. What things soever we desire, we can have in prayer. Hallelujah. We can have our desires. He says, if anyone says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, but shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that whatsoever things he sayeth shall come to pass. He shall have what he says. He shall have what he says. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, 3. Tell us, maybe we should just read Hebrews 11, chapter 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hallelujah. See, we're going to speak words today. We are going to change whatever thing you want changed. You see, the Bible has shown us how to do it. His angels are sending, ascending with something. We must give them something. The Bible says, which things we speak. Not with words, with man's wisdom teaches, but with that which the Holy Ghost teaches. You know, the Holy Ghost gives words. That's why we pray with tongues. That's why we pray. As we pray, we receive words. As we pray, we receive words. He says that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in words with the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse it says through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God hmm. so that the things which are seen were not made out of things that do appear he said we can have our desires met hallelujah that's what the bible is saying he says through faith we understand that the words were framed by the ramar of God so that the things which, which, which are seen were not made out of things that do appear things seen are not made out of things that do appear this is what the Holy Ghost gives us when we pray. As we meditate in Revelation, the Holy Ghost gives us words. These words are the things that we speak. And we can change anything. Hallelujah. We can change anything. And that's what we are going to do today. We are going to pray. And we are going to change things. Hallelujah. We will pray with songs and we will receive words. Glory to God. See, the ability to change the course of our lives and events by the Spirit is the beauty of the Christian life. We have abilities to change the course of life, to change events by the Spirit. By spoken words, the will of God. Hallelujah. This is the will of God. Oh, this must be one of the most important things we must be doing in our lives. Speaking words, speaking words. You know, the Bible calls this the spirit of faith. This is the character of faith. Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. What do we believe? We believe what the Holy Ghost has given to us. We believe the things that we see in the scriptures about us. Those things we now speak. Those things we then begin to speak. Hallelujah. We then begin to speak them in prayer and intercession. We begin to speak the word of God. We speak those things. And as we speak, we give ammunition to the Spirit. We give ammunition to angels. We set them in oppression. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 6. Hiya. From verse 16. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, you see, we think it's God that is quenching the fires for us. The Bible says, take on the shield of faith with which you will have ability to quench the fiery darts of the devil. 
He said, many of our people don't, don't know this. Many people don't know that we have the ability. That as we take on the shield of faith, we are the ones with the ability to quench the fiery dust of the devil. He said, I said, we can change the course of our lives. He then goes on verse 17 and says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit. You see, many of us think that angels have swords. It might be true, but you see, the sword that they have is not something that they just wield. The sword is with us. Our words are the sword of the spirit. Our words are the sword of the spirit. They are the, they are the agency with which we can effect changes. They are the tools of angels. These are the swords of angels in our mouth. As we begin to speak, we are changing things. Then goes on to verse 18 to say he says and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the rhemar of god which is the rhemar of god as those words are coming out in our mouths they become the instruments of angels they become the instrument of the spirit they become instruments which which god can effect which which things can change in our lives which which things can change which which we can see the glory of god he says praying always so we take these things in prayer hallelujah so we'll just begin to pray right now just take some minutes and begin to pray whatever you came today with you can begin to pray as we pray with tongues the bible says the holy ghost gives us words the holy ghost shows us our things for what man knows the things of the man save the spirit of the man that is in him so also the things of god knoweth no man save the spirit of god says, but we have received the spirit of god that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of god which things also we speak so as you pray you begin to speak those things right now in the name of jesus let go with to god praise god he says this is how god ordained our lives to be lived this is how god ordained our lives to be lived in fact jesus said it's so important that we will give account for every idle word that we speak we will give account for every idle word spoken so he doesn't expect us to waste words he expects us to use words and change our lives he expects us to take words and change situations and direct the course of our lives matthew chapter 12 this is justification and condemnation also through words matthew 12 from verse 34 He says, oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, a good man out of the good treasures of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. He says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account in the day of judgment. For by words you are justified. By your own words also you are condemned. He says this, it's so important because this is also how we're saved. Romans 10, 10, the Bible says, that For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's words that catapulted us unto salvation. Not just believing. See, the Bible says that even angels, devils also believe, but it doesn't do them anything. The Bible also says that there were a lot of Jews who believed on Jesus, but for fear of the Jews, for fear of the elders, they refused to confess him. So confession is the issue. 
In Matthew chapter 6, that we normally quote about uh, having no, no pressure, no worries. The Bible says that have no thoughts, take, having no thoughts for your life, saying, because that's the key, saying. So whatever thing you think until you say it, it doesn't come to effect. So we have to, we have to confess with our mouth. It's what the Bible teaches us. That is how we receive Christ. Since as we have received Christ, so also we walk with him. We receive Christ by speaking. Our speaking catapulted us into salvation. He said that is how it must be in every ramification of our life. Every point of our life is going to be through speaking. This is how we must continue. See, there is no other way. As a matter of fact, what the Bible shows that it's the same thing for the world. It's the same thing for the world. Men are justified by their words or condemned by their words. Mankind is ruled by what? Proverbs chapter 18. So whether you, we speak inspiredly or we don't speak inspiredly, we are going to be judged for it. They are going to affect our lives. The Bible says, by the words of God, the words were framed. People's aeons, people's lives, people's, people's gatherings, people's existence is framed by the word of God. Proverbs 18, 20 says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Not a Christian, a man. Every man will be satisfied with the fruit of his own mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Therefore, he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. He says, there is, there is fruit. There is effect in what we are saying. And like we said, it's not just speech. It's inspired words. Inspired words by the Spirit. Inspired words. So men, see, a lot of people in this world are just living by luck. They are living by chance. They are living by chance. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So the returns of speaking are beneficial to a man's life. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 3. We we'll begin to pray again. Isaiah chapter 3. Just want to show us something there. Isaiah 3. Hi. I would love to read from verse 1. But I don't know if time will allow me. But where I'm going is verse 8. So let me just read from verse 1 to verse 2. So you have an idea of what's going on. It says, for behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay of staff and the stay of bread and the, the whole stay of water. It says, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient, the captain of filthy and the honorable man and the counselors and the cunning artif artificer, and the eloquent orator says, and I will give them children to be their princes and babes to rule over them. Wow. Look at what is happening here. You see, a nation cannot survive like this. A person's life cannot survive like this. See what he said. He said, but he didn't just do it. Verse 8. He says, for Jerusalem is ruined. So you see, you see the reason why they are ruined. Of course, the situation that he has called is a situation of ruin. He says, they are ruined and Judah is falling. Why? Because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord. Their tongues and their doing are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. Verse 9, to show the show of their countenance, thus witness against them and they declare their sins as Sodom. They hide it not 
Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves by what they are speaking, which is resulting in their works. It says they have rewarded unto themselves. So men are receiving rewards from their speech. You are receiving rewards. So your life is a, is a culmination of the things that you are speaking. It says their words and their actions are against me. That's why they are in ruins. Verse 10. He says, say ye unto the righteous, that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. This is what happens to the righteous. The righteous eats the fruit of his doing, and that's why it is well with him. He will eat the fruit of his words. He will eat the fruit of his doing. Verse 11 says, woe unto the wicked, he shall not be well with him, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. Like I said, it's it's not just about Christians, it's the whole world. And that's why we must practice our speaking. We must practice speaking because this is how we are saved. This is how things are changing. It's the position of our mouth is a guarantee to our safety and wellness. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. No, there is nothing that you have brought here that cannot be changed. Hallelujah. The same thing in Psalm 17. It says, by your words, I have kept me from the part of the destroyer. So by words, we keep ourselves from the path of the destroyer. This is how we keep our lives. We will speak the wisdom of God as revealed by the Spirit and keep their number on our lips. We will see angels and this, angels ascending and descending. Our lives will be full of the glory of God. So just again, we'll go ahead and just keep speaking. See, a man's life will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Say unto the righteous that it is well with him, for he shall eat the fruit of his doings. He shall eat the fruit of his mouth. That's what we are saying today, that you can change whatever. Like I said at the beginning, the life that we have as Christians is such a beautiful life that even when you have taken a detour by your own mistakes, we have shortcuts. We can quickly run back. We can quickly change things. And this is how we give angels ammunition. We give angels things to work with. We effect changes by the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Meant to be will be. Many people believe that what is meant to be will be. See, but that's not what we learned of Jesus. He says Jesus spoke his entire existence. It spoke them out. Whether you cared to listen or you did not care to listen. Whether you hated him or you did not hate him. Jesus kept speaking. He kept speaking his entire life. He spoke how he would die. He spoke of his resurrection. He spoke of afterwards. He kept speaking the words. Because it's not about you who is listening. It's about the effect of the words. It's about what he's doing. See, the Bible says that according to the prophecies that have gone ahead of us, we, we weigh warfare. We weigh a good warfare. So we wage warfare with words. We wage warfare with words. Like I said, the shield of faith, quenching every fiery dart of the devil. So Jesus spoke to anyone who cared to listen about his whole life. He says, destroy this temple, I'll raise it up in three days. They stoned him, he kept saying it. It, it, it didn't matter. He said, the anointing of God is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he kept speaking, why will it be? But Jesus has been spoken years before. Centuries upon centuries from the foundation of the world. The Bible says that it has been known. In fact, even Moses knew that there will be a reincarnation of the Christ. However, Jesus didn't stop speaking. 
He spoke his entire life into existence. I said, people just believe that what is meant to be will be. And normally they quote Ecclesiastes saying, time and chance happen to them all. There is a time for everything. I want to show something in that Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Please let's go there. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. From verse 11. Hallelujah. Hey, what is the point of praying if all that is supposed to be will be? If then don't pray. Then don't speak. But that's not how it works. Let's see how these people think. Verse 11. It says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, not the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Time and chance happens to them all. He said, this is how the life of many people are. And you even see Christians claiming this. Let me show you what they are claiming. Verse 12 is what they are claiming. And they don't know. Verse 12. He says, for man also knoweth not. He said, because this is it. This is what he was saying. He says, I return, I saw under heaven. This is how it is with every man. Time and chance happens to them all. The race is not to the swift. Sometimes you see that some people that are not worth things are in positions that you want. Some people you are envious of some people who do not have as much as you have, whose lives do not look as perfect as you are, and they are in positions that you want to be. He says the race is not to the swift. This is what time and chance happens to them all. This is how a lot of people's lives are. Verse 12 says, For man also knows not his time. He says, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net. He says, this is, the, this is the life of men. As fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time. When it falls on them, suddenly. He said, this is how the lives of a lot of people are. People who wait for time and chance. They wait for time and chance. But he says that waiting for time and chance is like waiting. It is like being in an evil net. Sometimes some fish drop out of the net. It is like a bird in the nest. Sometimes some escape. That's how a lot of people's lives are. It's a light of luck. It's a light of eat and misses. See, but that is not what the scripture tells us. The Bible tells us that the blessing of God is assurance. The work of righteousness is peace. The effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. So we can say concerning ourselves, we can speak our words to the point where the race will always be for us. Hallelujah. Where the battle will always be for us. Where we will always have bread. Where riches are always to us. Where favor is always to us. Hallelujah. We don't wait for time and chance. We can speak. And like I said, we are giving instruments to angels. We are giving ammunition to the spirit. As we speak, we can change the course of our lives. We are not waiting for an evil net. He said, this is what men ate in the Garden of Eden. This is what is called the knowledge of good and evil. Some other translation says, knowledge of blessing and adversity. Some say, blessing in adversity. That's where a lot of lives are. Blessing in the midst of adversity. They are just a disaster waiting to happen. One disaster awaits to sweep all the blessing that they've gotten. That's not our life. 
That's not our life. The Bible says that the blessing of God is assurance. We are not just waiting for we receive blessings and curses today or blessings and receive adversity tomorrow. No, we have the tree of life. Hallelujah. He says you will see heavens open. We have heavens open over us. He says angels are ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You will see his words come to pass. And that's what we are going to be doing. We are going to keep speaking. Our lives will keep shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. We are not waiting for time and chance. We can change things by the power of God. Oh, we can see the glory of God today. Every time we want it, we can see a change. If you don't like anything, you can change it by the power of God. I think that's why many of us are here today. This is a faith meeting. We believe and we speak. It says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. The words were not framed by time and chance. The words were not framed by luck. The word of God spoke things into existence. And that's what we'll speak. And that's what we'll keep speaking. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I said the blessing of God is assurance. The work of righteousness is peace. Oh, the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Hallelujah. Let's just keep speaking. In the most of all. It's... I remember them before David fought Goliath. You know, people say it was the stones that killed Goliath. But Goliath died before even David threw the first stone. In First Samuel chapter 17, verse 46, he says to Goliath, he said, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. He says, This very day. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You know, he said it, he said it out. He, he said it to the hand of Goliath. You know, that was that those were the stones that that cut Goliath's head. Those are the stones that held him down. Not, not, not even the not even the physical ones. And and it's just how God has designed us. And Michael said to speak inspired us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us words, ammunition. And as we speak them, the angels of God. Take it upon themselves to use them to war on our behalf. Praise God. I just want us to keep, I love us to, to keep praying. And um, any word, um, Laulu, um, Mr. Ibuku, and um, Michael, I want to give a tongue and um, prophecy before we close. Praise God, don't you know the heavens stand in attendance for your words? The heavens stands and watch, and they salute the saints as they tread in glory. 
as they utter the weight, they lie in their various positions, on the tops of mountains, on the hills, on the banks of rivers, in the midst of cities, to do the obedience of the righteous, to do the doings of the righteous. Oh, they are your servants, saith God, they are to minister unto you. You are their king, so therefore speak. They are in position, they are in weight. Once I sent you, I send them. They are not one. They are not two. They are not just here and there. They are ten thousands, dying everywhere, all over the earth and planetary bodies, in the sun, in the moon, beneath the seas, on the seas. They wait for you. As you fly, you speak. As you walk, you speak. As you go out, you speak. As you come in, you speak. And they are there, wherever you go, wherever you are, wherever you live, to do that which you have said. For in your mouth is the staff of authority. In your mouth is the mouth guard of the king. Or when you speak, they hear the voice of God. No, they don't hear your voice. Your voice is the voice of God. Your vocals are the vocals of God himself. And the same voice they heard at the creation, they hear today. The same voice they heard in the grave when Jesus was told to come forth, they hear today. The same voice they heard as he cast out demons, they hear today in your mouth. Oh, in your mouth, your word is the voice of God. Your word spoken in faith becomes the voice of God. And they will do your obedience. They differentiate not that which you say from that which he says. From that which he ordains and that which you ordain. Your voice is God's voice. Amen. They don't recognize the difference. So yes. therefore speak. Do not close your mouth. Stand guard. Stand straight. Stand tall. And do the obedience of the righteous. They wait for you. The world will be shaped by what you say. Will be drawn by what you say. Amen. You are the artist of God. Amen. You are the painting of God. In your mouth is the scepter of God. You are sent of God. And when you speak, he will speak. And he speaks for you as you speak for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Mm. Thank you.